Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. It's been a while. We're back again. I feel like I said that in the last episode, but I'm saying it again. I'm Patrick O'Rourke, and this is Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech. How are you doing, Brad? I'm back again. You know, we can just, if we keep leaving, we can just keep coming back, baby. Like, it's not that hard. Just leave for a month and then return again and have the exact same It's intro. always a comeback. How It's like, I, want, I wish I had like a good actor to use, or like, it's like a... I want to say like Peyton Manning retired two times. Like who in sports just keeps retiring and coming uh, back? Tom, Tom Brady retired us. and then and then came back. Yeah, perfect. I mean, maybe That's Peyton us. Manning. I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, football. There might be thunder happening near my house now. Yeah, there is outside. So if if this podcast gets all janky with like us having to make wacky cuts, uh, that that's why the power's gone out at someone's house. But until that happens, uh, John's also on the podcast this week. How are you doing, John? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, there is no thunder here. There was this morning, uh, but not clear skies either. Um, it's kind of just gray and lifeless outside. So It looks like that for me, but with rain. I am not gray and lifeless. I'm, uh, I'm full of life, actually. Feeling good. <laughs> nice. Nice. But yeah, when I started this podcast, that window was like completely blown out and I couldn't see it. And now it's dark and it's pouring rain. I just keep Fun. hearing thunder every once in a while. Some wild weather in Ontario today. So this week, uh, we're talking about the Rogers Shaw acquisition and it being approved by the Competition Bureau. Nothing's ear to earbuds, which Bennett has written about and has kind of sold me on. Like, I think when I have a little bit extra cash, I'm actually going to buy them. Um, and then also a long term video project that Bennett's been working on, um, sort of to update our more dedicated mobile serve fans on why you haven't seen him on the YouTube channel as much lately. Um, but yeah, with that, let's get into it. The first thing that we're going to talk about is the Rogers shaw acquisition i i think at some point we're gonna do like a podcast with nitta mobile service telecom reporter where she breaks down a lot of the aspects of this but because this just got approved and just went through i do think we need to address it to some extent i, I wanted to avoid it because i never want to talk about telecom but sean said we should we should talk about it and he's he's certainly right i think for this episode what i want to focus on is more like, how, how will this actually affect the average consumer? You know what I mean? Like, will this change the experience for a, a, a Shaw customer? And I mean, a Rogers customer to some extent. Um, and I guess I'll throw it out to you, John. Do you, do you think anything's going to change in the near immediate future for either Rogers or Shaw customers in terms of pricing, coverage, features, plans, anything like that? I mean, don't forget about Videotron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going yeah. we're, we're to talk about that, too. We, we are going to get to that. Um but yeah, so I don't think anything is going to change 
immediately. And part of that is uh, Shaw actually put out a whole, uh, there was, I think, three, three in total, maybe more uh, frequently asked question pages, just, you know, answering a bunch of questions that people had about, you know, how is this going to affect my services? What does this mean for me? I've been a Shaw customer for, you know, 38 years. What's happening now? What does this um, mean for my kids who have to grow up in an anti-competitive telecom landscape? I don't yeah. know. Right. Uh, I went through uh, most of the questions and almost every answer was some variation of nothing's changing yet or don't worry, this merger is going to be great. We promise. Um, and it was just kind of like, you know, vague, not a lot of information, but there was a couple of interesting that is classic tidbits. Rogers, though. I mean, isn't the slogan the best is yet to come? So, there's, yeah, you know, it'll come. Yep. Someday. Uh, there was a couple interesting tidbits in there, though. Uh, Shaw Mobile customers are going to get the option to migrate over to Rogers Mobile. Um, Shaw Mobile is, I think, if I remember correctly, only available in British Columbia and Alberta uh, because it was like a weird thing that piggybacked off of Shaw's internet network. So if you had Shaw Mobile, then a lot of your service would be off of Shaw Wi-Fi, um, Shaw Wi-Fi so hotspots, you know, home So it's not a lot of people. Like it's like a bit of a niche yeah. service to some extent. Yeah, it's it, going to it be dangerously niche small. Service. Um, so that actually might be an improvement for Shaw Mobile customers if they get to go over to Rogers Mobile. Uh, what's going to happen is Rogers is going to reach out to all of these customers in the coming weeks with a special uh, 4G LTE plan that's comparable. I'm doing air quotes for the people who are not watching the video. Um, There's nobody watching the video. That's supposed no. to be the same same price. Uh, so we'll see what that works out to. The, the use of the word comparable um, suggests to me that the plan will not be exactly the same as what Shaw Mobile customers have, um, so, but they might. It'll be pretty much the same, but roaming will cost you eighteen dollars a day. Yeah, so that's that. That is uh, that's a good point. I forgot about that. There are some things that are not included, uh, so these special four G LTE plans won't be eligible for device financing or for features like roam like home, which is Rogers cheap. Again, you know, heavy air quotes on that cheap roaming option. Um, uh, and they won't be eligible for 5G either. Um, that being said, Rogers is also planning to offer exclusive 5G plans to Shaw Mobile customers. Um, but we don't know anything about that yet. So there's stuff coming, um, but right now there's not any immediate changes. Most of the stuff is going to be the same. If you're a Shaw customer, for the foreseeable future, you're still going to be paying Shaw for your services. Shaw is still going to be responsible for delivering those services. You're going to be dealing with Shaw. But it's a lot of yet to be determined, right? Yeah. I haven't been following this closely, but what do you think is the biggest get for Rogers in this? Is it Shaw's internet business? Is it Shaw's home TV business? Is it both? Like, what do you think is really the like, yeah, let's lock it in. Let's let's what like what was worth buying here? Yeah, so my my understanding is the big get is going to be Shaw's um, cable footprint, essentially. Um, so internet and TV, because at least to my understanding, Rogers doesn't have a big footprint out west. 
um, and kind of, you know, Alberta and BC, like your main competitors mm-hmm. are TELUS and Shaw, right? TELUS is stronghold. Yeah. Um, so that gives Rogers a bit of a stronger foothold, uh, out West in those areas. Um, on the mobile side of things, Rogers doesn't really get anything outside of the Shaw mobile customers because Shaw's other wireless, um, Endeavor is Freedom Mobile, and as you mentioned off the top, that's going over to Videotron. So, I hate to ask, so, but whoever's editing this, whenever we say Freedom Mobile, can we get like an eagle screech, like just <laughs> in the back? I don't know. Maybe think that about would be it. Beautiful. I miss uh, I miss Wind Mobile and the Wind Mobile logo, and the bear. No, the bear was Freedom as well. The bear's Freedom. Did the Freddy, bear Freddy, Freddy, go across Freddy both? the Freedom Bear? No, it was, it was yeah. a Freedom Mobile branding thing. Okay, so, John, what about what about prices? Mm-hmm. Like, I know a lot of the controversy surrounding this acquisition is tied to the fact that it'll result in a less competitive marketplace. In the immediate future, are we going to see... Like, I know they haven't announced anything. I'm just asking you as someone who like covers the industry quite frequently. Do you think we're going to see price hikes or is, will it be something that kind of like sneaks into the market like we've seen before with very slight $3, $2 monthly hikes on wireless and cable connections. Yeah, I think we'll ultimately see sneaky increases in ways that people aren't expecting. Um, But I think we probably won't see it for a while because there's going to be a lot of scrutiny um, from a lot of sources. You know, I spend a lot of my time scrutinizing carrier websites for price increases uh but i expect that a lot more people are going to be doing that as well for in sure. the wake of the merger um, in 2023 it's going to be a big hobby i'm calling it people you know but things to, to do at home yeah things to do in your free time watch uh <laughs> carrier websites for price changes um there's more websites than you think different yep. different provinces it's a good time it, you can really dive in there's meta you know get in there it's and they're all consuming. designed poorly Every yeah, time I have to write about a new uh, a new phone coming out, and you know I have to go through and find out what the prices is, prices are at every carrier. I'm like, that is a man. I've been journey. through 20 different websites, and I'm still not done. You know, <laughs> they're so bad. They're so bad. Um, Don't forget about but fears. yeah, I the the other thing here to to keep in mind is um, regulators did put some limitations and commitments and stuff like that uh, on pricing. Um, so, for example, Videotron slash Freedom are going to need to have 20% lower rates than competitors, and Freedom customers are going to get increased data allotments um, out of this. Uh, so, you know, we could see some lower prices from that. The thing is, is all of these commitments are hinging, like the enforcement tactic is, you know, do the commitment for X number of years, or we're going to fine you. And in most cases, the fines are, you know, not. It felt like they were less than the commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like so I feel like all the commitments added up to being like four billion dollars, and the fines were. Yeah. The same so video Videotron's fine is up to two hundred million if it doesn't comply with the like the cheaper plans and stuff like that. Um. So you know the the way that I look at it, it's like if. Videotron does the math and says, okay, well, we can do the 20% cheaper plans, but it's going to cost us, you know, more money than just paying the fine. They're, why are they going to, you know? Yeah, because they have to do the plan. They have to hope that people still trust Freedom after the sale. They have to market the crud out of it because they're trying to gain a bigger foothold in 
the places where freedom exists, like it's definitely, yeah, it's not a cheap venture at all. Um, yeah. But perhaps, the, you know, uh, I feel like freedom plans haven't been that good of a deal lately. So perhaps this is the thing we need to kind of put freedom back in the competitive space. Although you've been watching more closely than me, so I could be off base there. Before Maybe. we get too deep with the freedom stuff, um, John, do you want to explain how this is tied to uh, how, how like freedom's being split off, right? Am I am I wrong in that? It's yeah. being split off. So, Shaw acquired freedom a while, like a couple of years ago, and now it's being split off from this deal um, via the Competition Bureau's mandate for it to still go through. Am I, am I on the right track there? Uh, actually, I think it's um, I said that made that commitment, not the competition bureau, uh, but I could be wrong on that. But yeah, basically um, Freedom Mobile is going over to uh, Videotron, which is owned by Quebec or Videotron is a regional carrier that more or less only operates in Quebec. I think they have a little bit of a footprint in Ontario, but only in kind of the Ottawa. It's really region. small though. Um, and so, you know, the Videotron Freedom part of it Basically, you know, the decision was whether it was I said or um, the competition bureau. I, I don't remember which one. Um, it's the Neotron. innovation minister is part of it, too. Yeah. That's some big dogs yeah. up on Capitol Hill. Or maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, basically, Videotron gets freedom because Rogers couldn't have freedom. Like they didn't want that concentration of mobile and the the idea the pitch is by combining freedom and videotron we're going to have a stronger foundation to actually get a fourth national carrier instead of just rogers bell telus and their various subsidiaries um i personally don't really buy it because i think a lot of this is dependent on videotron and rogers deal because they have a special deal to get better pricing for videotron because it's going to be kind of based on rogers network for yeah. a bit um and you know tech savvy if i remember correctly is currently at the crtc basically saying hey this whole scheme is you know it violates various telecom agreements because rogers is giving videotron preferred pricing on on different parts of the the network and whatever um so we'll see how it all plays out um Part of this is also Videotron supposed to expand into Manitoba via an MVNO. Um, so Manitoba is going to get some more wireless coverage there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how all of this plays out for what it's worth. I suspect that it's not going to play out that the way that the government wants us to think that it's going to play out, which is, oh my goodness, you know, we now have a fourth national player and telecom prices are dropping. Um, I just, I don't see that happening. Uh, we might have some artificially lowered prices for a little bit with the, the commitment for Videotron to have 20% lower rates, but we'll, we'll see what happens. And then they'll I'm slowly sneak back up. I, I, I sense a return. Like, I know this is not going to happen. It's just a joke, but I sense a return of things like the system access fee and, and things like that. Like, like li little tiny fees that maybe we don't really notice on our bills or like one, one of the things, um, like what's my internet provider, Kojiko, uh, like over the course of the pandemic, every couple of months, my uh, bill for internet would go up by like $2, then $1, then $3. And it was all like very incremental until I like sat down, looked at my credit card and saw how much it's changed over the course of the three years that I've been living here. Um, so I, I kind of see stuff like that happening once there's less of a spotlight 
on the carriers involved in this. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not watching the Roger Shaw thing as much because I like have less of a vested interest in like internet and TV out west. Um, but like, yeah, here, I don't know. I feel like freedom, freedom was, I feel like gaining ground at least in Toronto. We're probably in like the hottest spot for like freedom subscribers in Canada, if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I feel like also Videotron. It'll be interesting to see what they do, but like, yeah, like you said, recently or in the near future, we might have some cool deals, but I don't know. I, I kind of like to believe in like the Videotron might actually, you know, Rogers, it would have been too powerful, but Videotron might actually get something out of this that might actually increase them into a bigger player, yeah. at least in Ontario. Don't don't take my skepticism and my pessimism about the situation as me saying that I, I hope it plays out the way that I'm saying that it's going to play out. Uh, that's not the case. I, I really hope that Videotron does pull it off and become a fourth national player and we see the benefits of that. I just have significant doubts that it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, another interesting tidbit out of this whole thing, Quebecorps has now, between Videotron and Freedom, a combined 3.5 million mobile service customers. Uh, which is pretty interesting. Uh, I'm not sure what the split is, how many were Videotron and how many were Freedom, but and it is mm-hmm. interesting. That's not an insignificant number. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. The other part that kind of is, I'm, I don't want to say interesting again, but the other part I'm interested to see is Videotron. Like typically, because they offer plans in Quebec, which has a, a bit of a different competitive market than in Ontario and other parts of Canada, are always been like a little cheaper as we've seen. So. It'll be um, exciting to see how they like merge that sort of style with freedom. If they really do like keep the prices consistent with Quebec and really do change up the landscape, or if they just kind of play by the Ontario rules and keep things like really expensive. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of a factor this is either, um, but Quebec has different uh, consumer protection laws as well from most of the other provinces. Uh, best example of that was, you know, in the summer when TELUS did their credit card uh, fee. Yes, that's true. Add on that applied in every province except for Quebec because in Quebec, it's you know their consumer protection laws block that from happening. Um, so I I assume that those consumer protection laws have other impacts as well in the province that could contribute to slightly lower prices um, there true, than yeah. other places, but I'm not sure how much that's responsible for, you know, lower prices. Um, last question, just kind of a fun one. Sorry, I just have one more. Do we go ahead? Do we know or think if they'll ever rebrand like Freedom as Videotron? They might. The brand hasn't been around that long, right? That is a good point. Mm-hmm. Especially the rebrand of Freedom, right? That's, I don't know, just a couple of years at this point. Yeah, it feels like it. But then again, I feel like most people in Ontario and, I mean, probably a lot of other parts of Canada don't know Videotron either. So is it, like, worth it? It no. probably is, I guess, for, like, national unity. But, yeah, it's an interesting, it'll be an interesting case and it'll be a very expensive endeavor because there are a lot of Freedom stores. So let's talk about the nothing year twos. I think that's a pretty good overview of the the, the situation with uh, Rogers, Freedom, Videotron, Shaw, all of that fun stuff. I, I do, like I said before, I do want to do um, a podcast with Nita at some point 
um, who's covering this every day more than John, more than myself, more than anyone, anyone else on the team. She's really embedded inside it. Um, was listening to the hearings at one point surrounding it. So it would be great to get her insight. And I think once the dust settles a little bit more and she's um, able to do some more reporting, we'll, we'll have something, um, something up towards the end of April, uh, if all goes according to plan. But the nothing twos, uh, you brought these into the office, not this week, last week. And I played around with them. I remember seeing the the Nothing Ear Ones and thinking like they looked cool. Like all of Nothing's products look cool as someone who's never really used them and has just seen photos of them or you've shown me them. They're all really neat looking. But I think the thing with the Nothing Ear Twos that surprised me, and you talked a lot about this in your review that went up on the site last week, they feel really high quality, like higher quality than I expected from a brand like nothing, I, I guess just to kick it off, like how do you think they're able to pull it off? Cause they're still a relatively small company, especially compared to like the big players in the, in the industry. Yeah. I think first, the first thing to like recognize is that they were like really successful last year selling ear one and ear sticks, which is the ones that I'm testing now They came in like the little cylinder case. Um, it's like a, almost like a lipstick case to some extent. Yeah, exactly. And they don't have silicone tips or noise cancelling. So there's some other issues. These ones are cheaper. But the ear twos, well, sorry, the ear ones and the ear sticks, I think sold really well. Like nothing. I think they had written that they when they started selling ear ones, they had like put in an order and like half like way before they thought they needed to, they were like out. And so they were sold out of ear ones like all the time last year. Like it was really hard to get them at the end. Um, and just because yeah, they just sold out like way way more than they thought they would for being like a new company. Like, I think there was a lot of hype and they did price the year ones like ultra competitively. So how much money did they really make on those? It's hard to tell. Cause I think they launched at a hundred us. And then when the ear sticks came out, they went up to 150 us. And now the ear twos have come in at 200. Uh, I know the ear twos are still 150 us. So 200 Canadian, 200 so we Canadian. Went from, yeah. yeah. We went from 150 Canadian to 200, 200 Canadian. Um, but yeah, I think most of it is just really the success that they had last year and they were able to like, be like, okay, we had a really successful product. People seem to generally like it. Um, we know that our technology is better. Like I think the ear sticks improved, like the control method, doing the squeeze instead of the touch panels. And then just another year, you know, in between launches to like really balance their tuning and to figure out their drivers and things. So they, I think they knew that they had that. And so like a lot of the money just had to go into making it feel a little more premium, which to be fair, mostly happened with the case this year. The buds look a little better, and there are some small touches that do look a little cleaner. Plus, the the squeeze controls not to be undersold because those are a big change. Um, but the so case what, really what, is the part that feels more premium. Go into that a little more. Like, what are the differences between the ear ones and the ear twos? Like, I I know, I I know that you said that the ear ones are pretty popular, and like our readers to some extent, especially the more dedicated ones, are probably aware of them. But what would someone who's considering, like like myself, we'll get into that after too, considering buying the ear twos want to know in terms of upgrades over the ear ones? Yeah, I can um, kind of go in. Like, I think the best way to start it off just because Apple headphones are so popular is to be like, these are the AirPod Pros of nothing lineup. So that means like the best sound that they have, active noise cancellation, and just, you know, they're better-ish specs in some regards. But yeah, so the Nothing Ear Ones were that same price prop or same competition proposition, 
but they just didn't really equate. So where the year twos pull ahead of the year ones is that they sound a lot better. Like I said, they've sort of spent a year, year and a half balancing and tuning their sound to it does sound a lot better. The noise cancellation has improved, which I don't know if I can give full credit to nothing for that. Perhaps everybody just kind of stumbled upon the same noise cancellation, like engineering feed at the same time, or if everybody's getting it off the shelf from like some sort of Qualcomm chip or something. But it feels like a year, year and a half ago, um, earbuds in particular just started getting like really good noise cancellation, like the, the Pixel Bud Pros. I think before that, even there was some Sony and Bose ones that I didn't test myself, but I'd seen a lot of reviews talking about like next generation noise cancellation. AirPod Pros followed that up. And the OnePlus Bud Pros this year were also like a big step up for noise cancellation. And then Nothing Buds like follow that trend to a T. So the biggest changes really are just like better sound, better noise cancellation, and then uh, a smaller, slightly smaller case that I think is like higher quality than last year. It just feels like it's made out of like nicer plastic and the lid doesn't like shift around as much. It just it feels like a, a tighter package and tighter little box. So I used to write a lot about wireless earbuds like very very frequently um i don't because my job <laughs> my job shifted quite a bit i don't do as much writing anymore but i always found that i came back to using the airpods because they were their most reliable they switched between my apple devices the best like they just had a convenience factor that other wireless earbud manufacturers whether it be like samsung um even back in the day, like LG, no one like could really match them with the AirPods pro second gen. Like I gave them a pretty positive review and I, I do plan to look, go back to that and do a separate standalone piece at some point once I try to get to the bottom of this, but I've had a lot of issues with them. Like I talk to you about it all the time. Every time we have our like weekly meeting, like half the time I'm late because they won't connect or they're not um, being recognized by Firefox. It's like, I don't, there's no like clear reason why any of this is happening, but I didn't experience it with older AirPods. So um, all that aside, it has me considering like moving on from them to some extent and picking up like another pair of reliable wireless earbuds that I can just pop in my ears and have them work. Cause that when it comes down to it, like when I'm using wireless earbuds, that's what I care about. Like I just need them to connect and I need them to work. So to pose this question to you, like, could those buds for me be the wireless ear twos, especially like also keeping in mind that I'm yeah. an Apple user, like could they fill that void for me? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's where a lot of people are because like I said, nothing is really targeting these against AirPod Pros. I think if you're an Android person, these are a pretty good no brainer. They offer a really, at, even at 200 Canadian, I think they still offer a really good price to performance. Um, also, before I get into it, we should acknowledge John's power went out. He's gone. All right, John. He'll be back. He'll be back. Who knows? We'll see. We, anyway, we, knew, we knew this um, would happen. It was just a matter did, of like Yeah, who. we foreshadowed yeah. it. I couldn't, like, when we, well, as soon as you said that, Brad Shankar, who also works in Mobile Throat, hit our group chat being like, my power's out. He's not on the podcast. We were like, whatever. And I was like, okay, he's <laughs> the one we're going to lose today to the power. And then John went out as well. It's hilarious. Anyway, um, when it gets into the Apple side of things, it's a bit of a more interesting story. So like I said, they're competing with AirPod Pros, but AirPod Pros in Canada are $329. So they're $130 more than the Nothing Buds. So right off the bat, the Nothing Buds are going to get you similar uh, noise cancellation. I don't think the transparency is as seamless, but the noise cancellation still blocks I have never used transparency with any earbuds other than like for review purposes. I don't, I've turned off noise canceling. Yeah. 
Do you, so you you actually have used it? Okay. I I turn I off noise cancellation, I, but I don't use yeah. transparency. Yeah, I did test it out a bit, and it was fine. And like the other day, I was in an Uber, and it was like working well. But like it's something that you have to enable. Like it doesn't go into auto, like AirPods are supposed to, kind of thing. Okay. Um. And again, it's, it's just transparency, so it does sound like it's coming through mics. It's whatever. And again, like you said, it's not a feature that I think people use very often. Like I can't use it when I'm biking because I often find like the wind hitting my earbuds is too noisy in the mics that are doing transparency. So. Not a, not a feature that I put a lot of stock in, but the AirPods one would be slightly better. So that's, you know, let's say that justifies like $10 more in price, I guess. Um, sure. The next thing that the AirPods have is uh, Find My connection built into them, especially the newest AirPod Pros, which have it built into the case too. So if you lose the buds or the case, it is a lot easier to find them if you have an iPhone. Like you can legitimately use an app to like track down when you're nearby them. You can like play sounds from them. You can play sound from the case. I know Dean bought the AirPod Pros in purpose because he loses his case often. And this was like a good way to help relieve that stress. Um, so that's all, honestly one of the biggest features I think AirPod Pros have because like nobody else really has technology that matches that, especially not a find my network as cohesive as Apple's. Um, and then the third thing being the like seamless connection. And that's where nothing I think really loses the game because those other two things I talked about are interesting and definitely worth it if you lose your buds a lot. But if you're someone who doesn't and you spend a lot of time at a desk like you and me going between laptops and computers, AirPods are invaluable because they do connect. Sometimes it is a bit tricky. Like I feel like when I first was testing AirPods, it would go between my phone and Mac and iPad like really seamlessly. And now I find I have to wait for the prompt, the notification prompt to pop up. Hit or miss. want to connect to these AirPods more. Yeah. So it still does work better than Bluetooth buds, which I have to like put back in the case, repair, repair, like as I'm doing things, um, which can sometimes work. Like if I'm at my desk using headphones on my computer and then I finish my work, I put them in the case and then I go outside to go on a bike ride and I open the case near my iPhone, it should connect to the iPhone. Um, but if you're sitting on a desk where both are like equal distance, it's just a, a crapshoot and there's no real seamless way to move them between like there are with AirPods um, and other things too. Like you won't be able to connect them to your Apple TV as easily and things like that. So that's the thing that I miss the most. Um, but beyond that, if you're looking to save some money and you don't need this like seamless connection feature, I find that the quality of the buds is quite similar. And the case is cooler. So that's a, if you care about that stuff, like I do, it's a big draw. Like I just like having these on my desk and looking at them. The case does look super cool. Sorry, I got distracted because I just got a, um, I can't give any details, but I got like a very, uh, very anticipated embargo related email about something that uh, you you might know what it is. I'm Um, excited to hear about it after this. I hope yeah, the so podcast like, listeners are excited to hear about it in like <laughs> two weeks to a month. Who knows? Could in be longer. a couple months. Stay tuned. Um, yeah. So I guess what you're saying really is like I, it could fill the void of the AirPods Pro second gen, but there would be things that I would miss. Yeah, there are things that you're going to lose. Um, but I do think for the price difference, the things that you lose are fair, you know, if that makes sense. Okay. I guess that's the easiest way to put it. You know, it's like for $200 or for $130 cheaper, you're getting... Same sound quality, same noise cancellation, similar fit, I would say, similar control scheme. Like a lot of the things that you do interact with and you do want headphones to excel at, then nothing buds do really well, just as well as AirPods maybe. The fit, I mean, that's a little more subjective. That's a hard one to like exactly nail down for everyone. It's different for everybody. 
Yeah, and I think Apple like, does have a really good fit that does seem more universal. I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of AirPod Pros, but I do love regular AirPods a lot. Those are still like, I feel like the most secure in my ears. And I just, as a person, I'm not a big fan of uh, silicone tip earbuds. I don't me too. necessarily find that I need the isolation. I understand that it does make music or audio right. better when you can't hear background noises. And I do enjoy that sometimes. Um, but most of the time when I'm popping in like little earbuds like this, I'm just going for a walk down the street or a bike ride, or I'm just kind of working. And as long as there's music playing, I can get lost in it either way. And, and it's kind of nice to know that like, I don't have to be afraid of like cars coming out of nowhere and hitting me. It's kind so of like a unique walking in the city type of thing though. If like, I talk about it all the time saying that I'm going to get like a different pair of earbuds to at least have a somewhat reliable alternative to replace the AirPods Pro when they're, they're really crapping out on me um mm -hmm. do you think that should be the nothing ear twos or is there another pair of earbuds that you've used like back in the day i would have said the galaxy buds pro um oh the galaxy buds pro I, I didn't mention them but when that when i was talking about earbuds that did improve the noise cancellation significantly those those should be grouped in that bucket as well the newest galaxy buds have really great noise cancellation i've kind of crossed those off my list because i don't like the fit that's an example of ones where it doesn't matter what ear tips i use they were just extremely uncomfortable in my ears mm -hmm. Um, and the connection is there issue, an, like to connect, yeah. there's no like pairing button on the case for those. So it's just a there's huge pain, huge a pain. A bit of a mess. Do you have, is there other earbuds beyond these that you would suggest that I like think about at least? Um, OnePlus Buds Pros are pretty cool, but they're like, I think 270. So you're not saving as much. The, the Nothing That's Buds for, for the competition still are like the cheapest and okay. the sexiest. Uh, OnePlus Buds I liked, Google Buds I liked. Um, you've tried Beats Fit Pros. Um, they're okay. There's probably like a Jabra something. The Sony and Bose are both supposed to be good as well. But then again, all of those beyond the Jabras, I think are still pushing above that $250 price tag and nothing is still able to undercut it. The one caveat I will say, so I've been using the ear sticks, which are older and cheaper for this call. And a few times it has cut out for like two beats. I've been like, you've been saying something and then it cut it out a little bit. And it would come back. Not that I would like miss the sentence. Obviously, the, you've seen the conversation hasn't really fallen apart. But I uh, didn't really experience that with the Nothing Buds. But we never used the podcast recording software. I, we only ever did Google Meets and stuff like that when I did conversations and a bit of Discord. The, the Ear 2s did seem more consistent. And these have gotten us through. And I haven't had this issue with music. But yeah, I'm just this has been a bit weird. And that is the... For people that had issues, a lot of connection issues with Ear 1s, and in the back of my mind, well, I didn't seem to have those issues as much, especially when I was using my iPhone. It seemed like pretty consistent. Uh, OnePlus phone, a little less, but I always kind of have inconsistency issues with Bluetooth on OnePlus phones. So hard to really nail that down. But that's the one thing that in the back of my head, I am like afraid that like somebody will buy them and it just like won't connect well for them or it will like cut out often or something. I like to think that in the year and a half since the year ones, nothing has solved those problems. And in... My sort of week and a half using the ear twos, it seemed that way. But now on like second week of or third ish week of testing little earbuds, the ear sticks, which realistically should have the same firmware as the ear twos, and I have updated them. I'm just been surprisingly spotty in this one call that we're having right now. So I guess I should mention. Oh, he's back. He's frozen, but he's back. Oh no, no he he's back. Like he's there we here. go. Yeah, yeah. He's just working on the the settings. Working I'm sure. through the storm. He's uh, in the eye of the storm gonna... right now. John's back, everybody. The one thing I was gonna say is that I felt like that about the Pixel Buds. Like you know, the first 
not the first gen Pixel Buds. I guess it was the second gen Pixel Buds Pro. Mm-hmm. That were the I remember first, there were like, ones truly that wireless you ones. Found really spotty. Yeah. I I know I liked them. I I used them and I had very few issues and oh. I got a lot of shit for it on the internet because people were like, "Oh, you just used them for like three days, and then you didn't like you didn't use them after that." That's when people started experiencing all these problems. It it required like long-term consistent use but i used them as my main earbuds for i don't know two months or something like that before going back to the airpod and i never had any connection issues at all but those were the ones that like people were demanding a recall from google and refunds and because they like straight up just didn't work consistently for a lot of people and that's why they like got discontinued very quickly and then we saw the pixel buds uh series a and but like that, that's I had that same feeling with those Pixel Buds. I was like, oh, maybe I messed up with this. But that's one of the things with like reviewing products. To some extent, you can only talk about your experience with them. You can place them in the broader context and say like, and, and I did do this with that story after I added an update that like some people are having a lot of issues with, with these earbuds. I personally have not. But that's one of the things with like writing about products is you can only talk about your experience with them there there's always going to be problems that other people are having that you're just not running into so i can relate to that yeah i'll keep you updated as i go i mean i i kind of feel like once i'm done with the ear sticks i might go back to the ear twos just because they do sound better and they are newer and i'm kind of a sucker for new things hence why i review gadgets but um yeah i want to like the ear sticks more because like i said i like the like silicone tip list like ear, earbuds without silicone tips um but We'll see. And hopefully I can get like more of a long-term. I, I kind of want to use these more long-term because yeah, like I said, like you're saying, like people have issues and I really want to get to the bottom of if these do or don't. I like the case and the ear sticks when I was playing around with it at the office. It's a really neat case. Yeah. And I guess the last thing I should say is, and this, I feel like this is like even too biased, but I do, I'm like a fan of nothing. I want them to succeed. Like I will write if they're broken and they don't work, I'll write about it. But I, I want to keep testing them because it's like this cool startup that's making phones and earbuds that no, actually yeah. look cool and not a lot of companies are able to pull that off. So as much as we gave them a lot of flack last year for their like corny marketing and the ear ones being so whatever, um, I think the company is learning from it and they are seem to be reacting well. They're, if anyone here is like looking, it kind of followed the nothing stuff last year and thought they were like way too corny and they're out. I think this year's like announcement video really flip the script and they, and they've really like they came out and they were like yeah we got it we're sorry and they're gonna be, we're gonna be more chill and it's been a lot nicer since then before we switch gears to talk about um the video stuff that you're working on john now that you've returned from the great blackout uh are you i don't know like you use the windows or the surface buds is that what they're called the surface buds yeah and you're like the only person <clears throat> i know possibly on earth that uses those why do you want to just like very briefly because you i've talked to you about this but like do you want to explain to listeners why you prefer them okay so uh, i use the surface earbuds for kind of two reasons reason number one is they were the first pair of premium good earbuds that i ever got to review and since that time i haven't reviewed any premium earbuds the greatest reason uh so i've kind of just kept using them and they've kept working i actually wrote uh, a month or two ago about how like i've been using them for like three years and they still work great mm-hmm. um the dedication you have so that's part of the reason beautiful yeah 
Um, the other thing is, so I'm not a huge fan of earbuds that have silicone tips. I don't really like how they feel in my ears. I feel like I can't wear them for long periods of time. Um, it's, you know, I'm willing to make the trade off to get, you know, active noise cancellation. I recently reviewed the Earfun Air Pro 3s, which have the silicone tips. And they had pretty decent noise cancellation until the noise cancellation broke. Um, I can talk about that a little bit more if you want. But yeah, I just don't really like the the silicone tips that go into your ears. And I've also, I haven't spent a lot of time with the earbuds like the Air AirPods or the the nothing ear twos that don't have the silicone tips. Um, but in my experience using buds that don't have tips like that, they just generally don't feel that great. And so the surface earbuds are really unique because they have this kind of tip where it like it sits in your ear, but it doesn't like go into your ear in the same way as the silicone tips. And it just kind of folds into your ear in a really nice way. Um, and so I find them super comfy. I can wear them for long periods of time. They don't have noise cancellation, which is probably the biggest downside to them. Uh, but for most of what I use them for, I really don't mind not having the noise cancellation. And in some ways, I actually kind of like, you know, when I'm walking in Toronto, going to the office or whatever, I like not having noise cancellation on all the time because I can still hear what's going on around me, but also listen to the stuff that I'm listening to. So that's probably the big thing for me. I also have found no other earbud uh, does touch controls as well as the Surface earbuds because the Surface earbuds have this big disc. It's like a landing pad. Um, like it almost looks like I'm wearing like a spacer pad. in my ear, right? <laughs> um, but it's got this big disc and that whole disc is touch sensitive. So you can really easily do touch controls, play, pause, you know, swiping to switch between songs and stuff like that. And they work pretty well. And it's not like this guessing game of trying to find the one little soft spot that is, you know, touchable or whatever on the earbuds. Yeah. Do you I want think, to very briefly rewind and... talk? Yeah. Talk about the ear ones. Just, just like explain what they are to you a little bit. Um, Cause they're like a budget pair of earbuds, right? Not, yeah, so yeah, the Earfun Air Ear Pro Fun, 3s. Sorry. Um budget earbud, they're like 80 bucks in Canada, which is pretty good. Solid noise cancellation. I was actually really enjoying using them despite the fact that they're silicone tips. Um they were still fairly comfy. I couldn't wear them for a long time because of the silicone tips, but I was able to wear them comfortably for, you know, 2 hours at a time uh before needing to take them out and give my ears a break. Um, and you know, two weeks ago now, I think I was on my way into the office. I was on the go train and I put the buds in and they were just making this horrible, like hissing, crackling noise the whole time. And the only way to stop it was to turn off active noise cancellation. Um, and you know, the, the, like the pass through mode that a lot of these earbuds have where it like uses the mics to pick up sound around you and pass it through so you can hear what's going on. I think called like an amplification or, or whatever whatever they call it that was also having the problem so i suspect it has something to do with the microphones on the earbuds bugging out and just going yeah, crazy like i've it. kind of been in talks with earfun to figure out what's going on they actually sent me another pair to test to see if it was just like a one-off bad unit or um you know if it was a software issue or something so i'm kind of working through that that's nice i've had that I was just going to say, I've had that happen with um, 
a few pairs of Beats headphones, uh, the AirPods Pro Max, and one pair of first-gen AirPods Pro. So it's it's really common, and I've never totally figured out what causes the noise cancellation issues. I think that it has something to do with like debris or like damage getting into the mics because that, that's how noise canceling works, right? Um, but yeah. who knows? Yeah, I think the one thing that is worth picking up on though is like your main buds, the Microsoft ones aren't noise cancellation. And I think that's telling like both you and I don't use them, don't use noise yep. cancellation buds Good point. outside of few circumstances. But like, to be fair, I mean, everybody that's probably listening to this used headphones like 10 years ago without noise cancellation. And it's like, you just, once the volume is up and you're listening to music, you don't really hear much anyway. Like it's very easy to get lost in it. That said, if you're in a crowded office or your example of being on a bus or a plane or or somewhere like that, and like you're sitting down for a while, noise cancellation can be nice. But yeah, honestly, I, I feel like I really only turn it on when I want like deep focus, but yeah. Yeah, it's noise cancellation for me has always been a thing of it's a nice to have, but I never have really felt like it's super necessary. Like I enjoy having it, you know, back before the pandemic, when I did a bunch of travel stuff for work, I used uh, the Surface headphones too all the time on planes because Mm -hmm. they had noise cancellation. And those are the over your big ones. But like since then I've basically never used them because when I'm working from home, it's not, it's rarely loud enough for me to want noise cancellation. And really the only time where I'm like, yeah, I would like to have noise cancellation is when I'm taking the train into work outside of that. I, I'm, yeah, I really don't need it. Yeah. I feel you. But yeah, it's interesting. Hopefully, hopefully like companies marketing will stop making it such a big deal. And we'll move into just like, good buds that are kind of all rounders and we're not like focusing on just blocking out the entire world all the time anyway um should we move on yeah let's talk about the the tech effect very briefly i don't want to i don't want to steal your thunder so i won't explain what it is or what you're doing or what the project is i'll leave it Um, to you bennett cool yeah it's not it's not that much but basically i think we mentioned it briefly in a podcast a few months ago but we got a grant for a bit of money um just to make a show. So we've been working on that. We've got like two episodes kind of filmed now with two more in the pipeline and like 26 more <laughs> planned to go up after that. Basically that will be what goes up on our YouTube channel this year. And just at a high level, we're trying to make sort of more like informative, interesting stories about the area and culture surrounding tech, I guess, if that makes sense. Like Less gadget and gear reviews, but more just little stories about things. Like one of the ones we're working on right now is sort of, without giving too much away, like sort of how how we think you would want to back up your storage if you, you know, as you get through life. Like, do you want to buy cloud storage forever? And probably not because it's crazy expensive. What's like the cheapest alternative? And how what's a good way to leave memories behind for your loved ones after you pass on? And kind of tying those things together. We're calling it like tech after death kind of internally, but I, I'm still thinking of a catchy, catchier name. But yeah, sort of ideas like that and different things and topics that aren't uh, just gadget reviews, really, I guess would be the biggest like differentiator from what we were doing video wise previously. We're trying to tell tech stories, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It's an interesting project. I'm pretty excited about it, but it's uh, a big step up from from running a solo channel and it's been a bit of a learning curve for sure. 
And I think you'll still see some of that gadget stuff in there a little bit, right? Yeah. Like in, interspersed. Um, you'll still see that same content that like the dedicated YouTube fans of Mobile Syrup came to know you for, but it's also an effort to do to cover things that are like a little bit broader uh, on a on a higher level in in some extent um, to some extent. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's, and we have it's um, coming. It's coming soon. Soon. Yeah, and we have. Uh, different hosts like I won't be hosting it I'm just sort of running the production I guess or show running it in a sense um, we have different hosts and new writers and other people from the mobile syrup staff are taking a crack at writing strip scripts and stuff like John's done one recently um, so I think it'll be hopefully an interesting entertaining show for everybody but also on like for us just sort of the inside baseball of it is like a really good learning curve and a good opportunity to update our graphics and our social media strategies and things like that. So it's been a really interesting couple months so far getting into it. And ideally it's um, a good opportunity for just the mobile surf brand in, in general as well, like push forward into some more modern uh, mediums, I guess. Is that kind of what we would say? Yeah. Yeah. Mobile surf video 2.0 is, is a good way of like describing it to some extent too. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention about it or shall we wrap it up? Um, I don't have too, too much, I guess, if you are sound, if it sounds like something that you're very interested in or very passionate about or have a cool idea for a story that you think would be interesting for us to tell. I mean, you can reach out to me all the time at, on Twitter, the Brad Fat or uh, Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y at mobilesurf.com. Always, always interested to talk about different stuff like that, I guess. It would be the last sort of thing I would punch out. But yeah, stay tuned for it in the, in the spring. I know we're, we're in it now, but in the, maybe a month or two, we'll start getting the first ones out. And uh, from there, we should ideally be rolling at a pretty a weekly cadence. Nice. Cool. Something for people to look forward to. Yeah. So uh, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke. And of course, on Mobile Syrup. I don't really have anything to plug. I'm working on all kinds of stuff, but nothing really related to content. I am doing a long-term story about um, owning Hyundai's Ionic 5 for 15,000 kilometers. Um, sort of going back to what we were talking about earlier on the podcast, I, I'm pushing our team to do more longer term looks at different types of tech. In this case, an electric vehicle that most reviews would have been written after like using the car for four days. I've used it for 15,000 kilometers. I've run into problems that even like the best YouTubers that I've seen cover like automotive YouTubers I've seen cover this vehicle, they haven't even mentioned. Um, and I, I'm, I'm trying to bring that ethos to, to a lot more of our coverage in terms of features, because I think tech tells a different story beyond that, like initial few days in a, in a lot of cases. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about something similarly about the like M1 MacBook Pro, like the one that I have, I, I bought it at launch. I had issues and came back and I never really wrote anything about like my experience with it. But I was thinking, yeah, like a year later, it's really proven itself to be a tool more than you would think a MacBook would be. Like it's really just yeah. a tool. And uh, I think there's an interesting story there, similar in long-term vein. Yeah. Uh, we're going to try to do do more of that type of stuff. So keep, a, keep an eye on mobile syrup. Um, Bennett, where can people find you? And do you have any recent things that you want to you want to plug that you've been working on? 
I, I have things. I mean, uh, recently I just wrote about the Nothing Year 2s. I did a, a big long review that I kind of went overboard with, but it was my birthday when I wrote it and I was feeling like I should specially treat myself. So that's what that is. And also, I think the photos in it are pretty great. Some of my best. Yeah, they're great photos. Uh, I'm really happy with them. I, I feel like I chose an unorthodox background color that I would I've never used that color before. It was like a dark or like a kind of a muddy brown, but I feel like I made it work. And then I probably even like color graded filtered the photos more than I typically would as well. Um, but I think it all came together and it looks really cool. Um, and I'm really, really happy with it. And I think it's an interesting, if you care about like this weird, subtle, nothing design, you know, you want clear plastic and magnets. I talk about that at length. So I've got that to go on to. And then of course, subscribe to our, I would say Instagram and YouTube, just to really make sure you don't miss any of the upcoming stuff that I've got planned for the video team. And then always follow me on Twitter at the Brad Fad. Oh, and there's there's uh, Chris's daily uh, weekly news recap, the the drop. Totally forgot about that. I wanted to plug that on the podcast. That's um, true. Yeah, Chris Brown, who I believe was on, if not the last gaming podcast that came through this channel, but maybe the one before that. He's uh, on it a lot. Sort of, yeah, sort of a, a mobile syrup contributor. Contributor. He does. He works at a company that owns Mobile Syrup. He's a really big gamer and does some tech. So he writes some stuff for us. He does some ad stuff for him. Uh, so he actually edits the podcast a lot of the time too. He's just always helpful. And he has started a show on our like short form channels. So that's YouTube Shorts, TikTok, and Instagram Reels. And it's like, a, what is it? I think we cap it at a minute, but I think it's a minute long just recap of a, one of our hottest news stories of the day or the week or whenever he has time to do them. And some of them are really, really funny. He's a great performer and really, really, really clever. So I think check them out and yeah, subscribe if you like them because I think there'll be a lot more coming and hopefully as we get into it, maybe different people and more often we'll see how it goes. But so far they're, they're really great. And the one about, I, don't forget, I forget what the title is, but there's one about something and then it goes into the Zellers reboot and that one is, is hilarious. So worth checking out. Yeah, it's about, um, I think it's the Rogers Netflix. acquisition. Yeah, or maybe. Netflix. I I don't know. Anyways, it's on there. It's on our Instagram channel. It's on on Instagram account. It's on TikTok. It's on YouTube Shorts. It's kind of our big um, vertical video push, is what I would describe it as. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're we're way over time, so we'll we'll wrap this up quick. Uh, John, where can people find you? And do you have anything that you want to highlight? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John underscore Lamont. That's J O N underscore L A M O N T. Um, you can also find me on the website, mobilesyrup.com, where I write stuff about things. <laughs> um, what have I got coming in the pipeline? A uh, couple laptop reviews. I'm going to write about the chair that I'm sitting on that you can't see, but it's really comfy. Um, I wrote about an air purifier recently. That was pretty cool. Do you enjoy uh, the air it in my apartment has never been more pure. Yeah. Do you like, do you still enjoy it? Do you think you're going to keep it around? I've always kind of wanted one, but I was, I'm, I'm yeah. skeptical. I I was using it in uh, my bedroom for a little bit, uh, but I moved it back out into the main area. Um, in part because the other day I was, I was making some fish uh, for dinner and uh, it got real smoky in here. So I was like, let's see what, what this thing can do. So I, I brought it back out here and it sucked up all the smoke. That's cool ran at like the the hardest i've ever heard it ran or run um since mm -hmm. i've owned it uh, and it was still surprisingly quiet um probably less noisy than your average playstation 5 <laughs> um, my playstation 5 
and yeah, it, it worked pretty good. Cleared up the smoke. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. I still don't think that most people need to rush out and buy one, uh, cause they're expensive. I mean, it's like an ongoing expense cause the, uh, the filters are expensive as well to replace after they die in a year. Um, but you know, if you have dirty air, um, where you live, it, it could be something worth investing in. Cool. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. and as always, you can find all of our content on mobileserp.com and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at mobile syrup. Thanks for listening. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.